Welcome to the Crafty Ass Female Podcast, a paper crafting and creative lifestyle show that talks about the resourceful ways we women are living our lives and the crafty projects we are creating in between. We are your hosts, Amanda Zampelli and Kristen Tweedell. The Crafty Ass Female Podcast is brought to you by the Awesome Ladies Project, a community that encourages you to tell your story with pictures, paper, words, and the bits of life we find along the way. You can join us in the ALP for free at theawesomeladiesproject.com slash craftyassfemale. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Brandy. Hello. Welcome back to Crafty Ass Female. I'm so excited you're here. Again, recurring guests. Now we can call you recurring guests, Brandy Kincaid. So listeners... Yeah, so listeners, so today we have recurring guest, Brandy Kincaid. She made her first appearance in episode 33, and I can't believe it's taken almost 120 episodes to get you back, Um, but we're glad you're here. And uh, you're an artist illustrator, owns an online shop called The Shiny Bits, and you also create for a variety of other companies. I was listening to you your old episode and I was like I could list everything that she said I was like but I'll let you do the talking and fill in the blanks Um, and you design stamps and other products to help others um, craft and memory keep or like whatever else in your last episode we talked about commonplace books and one of my favorite things we had a discussion about in your last episode was um, in terms of memory keeping and scrapbooking not what inspires you but when you want to use it that was like a big theme for you like the when is more important when the inspiration hits you and when you want to kind of like use it I love that conversation. And then um, if you don't know about her or you want to check more out on Instagram, she's Brandy underscore Kincaid. And I think people can get a good feel for you there. So yay, you're back. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Is there any like fill in the blank stuff that I missed or we could just go right into it? Wow. I think you really covered it. It's pretty much like I was thinking like, how would I even describe myself? I'm like, I'm an illustrator. I'm an oversharer. (laughs) collector of things that was a big theme wow yeah collector (laughs) of things i still am nothing has changed in that i found new ways to collect things you're a dog mom i am a dog mom yeah Yeah. he's with his dad i think they're sleeping right now it's morning (laughs) i mean i've been up for hours but like i think (laughs) i think they're resting this is my alone time it's pretty early by you too on the on the west coast yeah i mean so 7 30 here i get up really early anyway so i've already done my morning practice my meal plan my grocery list i'm feeling really i'm ready yeah yeah and like it goes without saying if people listen to this podcast but kristen and i love and are obsessed with you and we literally mention i feel like we mention her every podcast like we're just like brandy and when brandy did that like I was just thinking it's been been legit like if it's been 120 yeah it's been like two years but like we talk about it's like oh yeah and brandy did this oh yeah and (laughs) then like also brandy does that oh and like what you know what would brandy do so yeah friend of the podcast brandy kincaid so brandy you've had a year yeah yeah (laughs) i mean we've all had (laughs) no brandy come on like like actually though you had a year. Yeah. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah. So, I mean, it started out like we all did, you know, 2019. <laughs> was, here's what's cute. And I just look back <laughs> at 2019, Brandy, and I'm like, you are so adorable. Look <laughs> at you. 
look at you giving it a go, talking about how hard it is. Um, 2019 was really hard. And so I went into, or, yeah, 2019 was. So I went into 2020, you know, like, here we go. I picked my word for the year, which is so painfully ironic now is hospitality. So, <laughs> no. Yeah, hospitality. So sorry. Which we can come back to because I actually, that has been such a gift of a word, but not the way I intended. Um, but it was fine, you know, I have a birthday early in the year, so I celebrated, I went and visited my sister on the East Coast, I got um, some of my favorite words tattooed on my arm, like, it's just this robust beginning. And then like, a couple weeks after I got home from that, I was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. I got a really bad internal infection that went very fast and um, in a series of really scary days, I found myself hooked up to every antibiotic known to man. And um, this was the same time that the lockdown started. So it was locked down for the pandemic while I was in the hospital, which feels very <sighs> surreal. Um, the world is just like you know how panicked everyone was, but I was trapped in this little tiny room <clears throat> with a curtain, not even a door, um, right. kind of in the hospital for the first time, I think in my life, or at least my adult life, trying to figure things out. I am much better. I am okay <laughs> now. We had some scary moments after that, but I'm in a good place right now. But I think that kind of colored the entire way I saw what was happening in the world because those were lonely scary times when the world is also feeling lonely and scared uh, so I emerged from that and everything had changed there was no more going to the museum a couple times a week there was no more writing at the coffee shop um, talking with strangers at the bus stop all of those things that are like the foundation uh, were gone and I think not seeing them leave was a, a different way to process it. Not seeing them leave, meaning that you didn't have the control over saying, like, this is my last time. I'll be here. Like, it was just all of a sudden you couldn't. Like a yes. cold turkey kind of thing. Yes. I yeah. see. Yeah, that, the process. How do I say this? Um we've had to go through a grieving process for so many different things all at once that we've never had to go through grieving processes for. I mean, why would you ever think that you would have to go through a grieving process for a restaurant? Yeah. It's so, it's so silly. Like, I mean, it's such a silly thing. And it's funny because it's true yeah and and that's so silly i mean you and it's that same grieving process that you go through for relationships and it's on a, a smaller scale but it's that same process yeah and, and it's the phrase like you and, didn't and you see have, it leave i like, like that you were phrase that's what it is yeah yeah and, and like those things that you were saying like you had this this process that you went through with your day that you shared with us you know through your art of talking to, to strangers and going to the museum. And this was, I mean, that is Brandy. Yeah. Like it, 
and in, in I want to say the brandy that I know, there's so much that there's so much on the inside of brandy that the little bits that come out of brandy, I can't even begin to imagine the grief process that you had to go through when all of that just got like, just hard cut off. And also you're going through this huge trauma at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, here's one thing. I, ever since I lost my dad in early college, so I was in my early 20s at that point, I started doing the grief work then. And I think I now speak a language of grief just in my life. And I don't mean that as a sad thing. I think we're all redefining grief in a lot of ways, especially this year, like you said. Um, And so I think that's really good. And I think more people will understand me saying that than maybe a couple years ago. It just sounded like I was sad all the time. Uh, But losing dad, then losing my mom, um, and having a lot of big changes as a result of that, you have to learn how to speak the language of grief, which is to give voice to how things feel um, and to live with the acknowledgement that life is really temporary in the most beautiful ways and to still love it enough to like tether yourself to it. And that's why, I mean, for as much as this year has been so tragic for so many people, I think that we're all holding this weird little feeling inside us. Like we've gained something. I think even those of us who have lost the most also have gained something and it's hard to describe what that is. And I think some of what that is just a piece of that is that remembrance that we do really love the world enough to fight for it. Because like, if you were grieving the grocery store and I grieved the grocery store hard, I mean, I'm now going to the grocery store again, you know, in a different way, but like, um, but if you're grieving the grocery store, it's a nudge in the side like that. Hey, that matters. That thing you do, that way you do it, that way you participate in the world matters. And that reminder that something matters, I think, can shift everything. I think it's this little tiny seed, this grain of sand um, that if you're going to ever make a pearl, like that's the kind of stuff that gets in um, that agitates us enough to be like, okay okay, I didn't realize I would miss that so much. So clearly the big stuff matters, but maybe this little tiny stuff does too. I think that's absolutely right. And I think we've had to take a step back from this macro level world that we've been living in and just you know we go to the grocery store sometimes we do takeout sometimes we do this because we are a busy people because and i'm going to say capitalism forces us to be a busy people but that's not necessarily the the conversation i want to get into because we just have to keep moving life forced us to keep moving and we're in our routines and routine naturally just forces us to keep moving forward this forced us to stop and everything then made us look at a micro level god some of us couldn't get toilet paper for weeks (laughs) and so 
at some point, you know, we're looking at the importance of toilet paper. And and that's, again, it's funny because it's true. And last year, I mean, who would have thought you're going to be thinking of, you know, what really matters? Well, yeah, toilet paper really matters. And, and I was sitting on the couch with Jeff last night and thinking, are we ever going to take, you know, being near people again, like just in close proximity for granted? And I don't know. I mean, I, I'm one of those people who just doesn't ever really get over things. Like I will think about things forever because that's the kind of weird nerd that I am. And I know a lot of us I have been watching television shows, like even old television shows and thinking, oh my God, those people, they're too close. They need, they need to separate. And so like, I mean, when we're like 60 years old, like, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, I don't know if we have any 10 year olds listening to the podcast, but whatever. Um, Like when we all get together for like wedding pictures, group hugs, are we going to think back to the time where we couldn't do that? I mean, probably yes and no. I will say we will take it for granted again. And I don't mean that necessarily in a negative way. I mean, part of it is yes, not everyone is an overthinker like we are. But also, (laughs) if we want to have the element of being surprised by our lives, I think we innately forget and let go of some things so that the world can come back to us in a new way. I think it's our way of survival. Like, we kind of just keep going. Like you mentioned, like, we've just got to keep going. And to do that, some of it, when you don't even realize it, will fall away a little bit so that we can still find joy in it and not each time be thinking, wow, gosh, we couldn't have done this. And is this safe still? And like, wow, that was such a crazy time. Like, some of it will fall away so that we can be in the world in an innocuous way again, which so is we really don't kind of a beautiful as- thing. And we don't become like, Miss Havishams. Like that's right, anxiety balls. Yeah. Just yeah. wallowing in our wedding dress. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, I have such a soft spot for her. And I do too. Like, with some of my long gowns around the house lately. I'm like, <laughs> I'm right like on the edge of like her and Laura Ingalls Wilder. Like they're just yeah. kind of like butting up against each other. But I do think some of it is our, is our bodily way of continuing in the world, which is to say we put some things aside intentionally or not. So that life can kind of knock us out again, you know? Um, I am so waiting for your TED Talk. Like, (laughs) you know, I think I said that last episode too, but I'm there. When it happens, I shall be there. They'd be like, what do you want to talk about? And they're like, I just, I don't know. Can I just have like 30 minutes? I'm going to literally there and just ramble yeah <laughs> and it would make so much sense that's the best part about your rambling is how much sense it makes <sighs> so i mean so, you should do one on the joy of grief but you're like the grief girl. i mean like that's that's a that's a whole nother convert like oh my god one day we're gonna have a mind map of the conversations that spread out from the conversations that we have with brandy so yeah. Amanda, please ask the next question that you were going to ask. <laughs> well, I was going to say, so 
when you were in the hospital then and going through that, that was like around March, April, springtime, like when this was happening. And then when you came out of it, like did your business at all or work at all kind of change? Like, so like how has since then kind of the course of your day-to-day and work and stuff been any different or not? Yeah. So the most tangible change would be that uh, I normally work at the museum a couple days a week. Uh, and the museum, it's just reopened, but such minimal hours that I won't be there for a while. It's a very different format, um, but that was gone. So no museum. Um, and I was working on a couple projects uh, in collaboration with other people that were canceled just due to their own kind of having to recalibrate and figure things out. So some of that work was gone on a personal sense. Um, I had been working behind the scenes on my next project and suddenly it was really hard to hold that at all. Um, And so I kind of just put it to the side. I don't think intentionally at first, but it did. It just needed to go to the side. And so what I was doing was more just like whatever I could. Um, And that's definitely still where I am now. I mean, that's something that I'm holding really close. And I think for this conversation, I was considering like before we got on the call, I was like, I'm having to show up in the middle, not at the beginning where I'm like, guys, this crazy thing has happened. And now I'm in this rubble Um, and not at the end where I'm like, look at how I'm picking myself back up. I'm definitely in the trenches of it. Um, Like some of that dust has been brushed out of the way, but I haven't figured it all out yet. Um, But also I think that might be what this year is offering me. a kind of space to not have to figure it all out right at this minute. I think you and a lot of us are going to look back at this year and be like, that is one of the years where I grew so much, even though it felt like I was drowning the entire time. Yeah, I agree. Even, you know, maybe even some people feel like they're treading water. Some people are, you know, and you know what's so interesting is there are so many different aspects of our lives that are now commingling. And a lot of us have been commingling different aspects of our lives for a while. Work at home, live at home, and now people are actually having to do, other people are having to do a lot of that together now you have to now what's the word that I want to use it takes a lot more energy to create those boundaries Mm -hmm. and I think that's where a lot of us are that's where that floundering feeling is happening of like I don't know what I'm doing or that you know the messy middle Mm -hmm of, well, I haven't figured it out because it's just happening all around me. And, you know, there is no playbook for how to deal with a pandemic and all of these things getting canceled and, you know, other things just getting dropped in your lap. And, you know, whether 
or not, you know, good things have been dropped in your lap or bad things have been dropped in your lap or neutral things have been dropped in your lap or reactions to things and it's all a big snowball. Hey, have you guys ever heard of this video game? I'm going to butcher the name of this video game so bad. I'm not even going to say the name of the video game. <laughs> then how do I know if I heard that? I know. I was like, I don't Because I'm going to describe it. Okay. Although if it's not like an old, old Nintendo game or like Oregon Trail, <laughs> I probably haven't. Okay. So you don't even need to Unless know the name Kermit of the video Because I'm just going to describe it. So it starts out as a little, you start out as like a little ball. And then you go through the city and you just pick up like garbage or like a waste basket and then you get bigger and then like the bigger you get the more bigger objects that you can pick up so then you start to pick up like a building and then it is an older game it is an older game it's not like you know atari older but it is definitely like older and so like that's what i feel like you know 2020 has been for some of you know like we're, we're now in like fall we're in the end of 2020 so like we are big now we can pick up some pretty big garbage. We can pick up some, like, friggin' skyscrapers with the nonsense that we've been through this year. <laughs> we have, like, you know, I've got some, you know, like, empowering women shit behind me on my bulletin boards. Like, naturally. We are capable women, and we can do things. We have gotten through so much nonsense that, like, at the end, in 2021, we are going to be able to really get some stuff done. And when all this nonsense is, like, handled, and we don't have to deal with, I mean, we've dealt with some stuff. And, like, a lot of us have, like, personal stuff going on in addition to just, like, I've just been saying Earth, to be completely honest. I, you know. Makes sense. I've, like, I've Fair. gotten on meetings Fair, and people Kristen. have been, like... <laughs> You know, how's it going? And I'll just be like, you know, Earth. <laughs> well, like, so, what? I'm sorry. No, no, no. Well, I was just going to say, like, so when we're not dealing with Earth, we have, like, it's like when somebody, you know, they stick you out in the wilderness for a couple of weeks and you have to, like, live. That's what 2020 has been. So, like, we get, like, all these, like, you know, Girl Scout medals for just living through 2020. And now we have all these powers. One of my favorite analogies that you made, Brandy, I think it was in our after chatter, the last episode, that still, it lingers with me. Like I walk and your words from that after chatter just like follow me. It was about being in the weeds, but still being able to see the flowers, even though you're in the weeds. And like you were talking about being in the middle and Kristen, just everything you're talking about, about rolling and gathering trash to me kind of feels like weeds. And I think like how we'll grow from this year is everybody's in the weeds. Not one person can't say that they have a weed, right? So that it's the skill of learning to see the flowers still that people are going to have, maybe. I don't know. But I love that analogy from you last time. Let's change it. And you're rolling around in the grass. (laughs) I think that one thing, um, and I noted this down when I was kind of thinking about our conversation. And so I'm probably mucking up the trajectory of this. But one of the things that I think there's a trajectory. (laughs) that um that i that this year has given kind of to piggyback off what you're saying is also 
like, yes, when 2021 comes or whenever, you know, things kind of open, open up in the world again. I don't just mean like a business, but like, you know, and things become a little more expansive again. Um, and we can do all the things. I think that we will also hold the truth that we don't have to. Oh, yeah. Um, that we have in some way been able to give ourselves the power to sit with ourselves in some really uncomfortable ways because when you cannot fill up every single hole with um, an easy and quick fix you can't just like for me I can't just run to the used bookshop I can't go to the thrift shop I can't wander around the library um, which are you know those are the things that I use to plug the holes when I need to because I can't do that um, I'm having to make more space and having to make room for life as it is and for myself as the way I am. And so like I've noticed when the pandemic started, um, I realized it was an opportunity to make some changes. And so I made a new rule where I don't work on the weekends. Um, Andrew had just gotten a new position at work and actually had weekends off, which was crazy for us. He was working a more traditional schedule. And I decided we really needed that time and I was just going to stop. Friday was done. Whatever I was, had finished was good enough. And I could pick it up on Monday, which was terrifying. And I think the first couple of weeks, I was just like a hot mess. Um, and what happened, what I realized was that I wasn't any less productive. I wasn't, I was a better human being um, for giving myself that time to just be in the world and not being working for the world. It was really incredible. And this, the last two weeks, were the first week since everything started that I worked over the weekend because I just happened to have this big rush of work come in all at the same time. And I could tell the minute it started, I've been more anxious these last two weeks. I've been really unkind to myself. I've been less certain about who I am and what I'm doing. More um, anxiety um, written about, well, what should I be doing? And what comes next? And where should I be? And that was the best pulse point. And I think it definitely was. I was crying on a on a call with one of my friends that I talk to every week. And I was like, it's just so hard. And why is it always so hard? And she said, but it's not been as hard. And that was such a good reminder. It hasn't been. I am putting myself back in 2019, Brandy, because I think that's what's expected because it's coming. Because the world is opening back up and I think I need to shove myself out the door and get back in the race. And the reality is there's, there's no race. <laughs> like it's not it's not happening. I think it's happening and I'm trying to keep up with it. And I think that if I'm going to learn something from this year, it's going to be, there's enough room to me, for me to be exactly who I am, which is not a boss, babe. It's not like, I am not that go-getter gal. I have friends that are, and they are miraculous and watching them is like watching this gazelle and, I'm, you know, just like kind of doing all these, it's incredible. That is not me. Um, I don't need, I'm probably not going to be that person who takes all the incredible workshops about when to like plan and program and set. And that is not how I operate. And when I try to operate like that, I don't. <laughs> I just don't. Um, and I become really unhappy. And I've not been, for as much as I've been grieving, I've not necessarily been 
unhappy during this pandemic. And I think part of that is because there was no other choice than to just sit with myself. And myself turned out not to be that bad. And the minute I tried to decide that myself needed to get back into some kind of form or format, I was like, ooh, this is hard. And it just doesn't have to be that hard. It just doesn't. Spoiler alert, the work got done. Mm-hmm. The work got done. That's you know? what I was going to say. Like in that space and being that person, you can still accomplish wonderful, immense amount of things. Like that's what the the liberating, liberating realization is, is that, oh, I can be productive without being so crazy about it. Yeah. Do you want to know a secret? Always. So for the last week, I've been staying up till midnight writing which is a no-no. And for the last week, I'm like, oh, I'm a fake. And obviously I've been, this is not true since people have been writing me nice things and saying nice things. So this is not true. But obviously you are not alone in this because I have decided that I needed to do a certain thing by a certain time. And so I needed to stay up until midnight to get it done, which is, Kristen, you're not supposed to be working after eight o'clock, which is the rule. But well, uh, in, I feel med- so called out. In meditation land, they kind of talk about it as like the true self and the ego self, like that part of you on top that thinks that you have to ABCD, but the true self just wants to rest and wants to just be. Right. And yeah, needs to because, like, you're a freaking human being. Yeah. And, yeah. Why and like, fight human Kristen needs to come before whatever that is because that's not, that's not real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm, true. And I, I do spend, I mean, I love that correlation with meditation because I spend my mornings in meditation. I spend my Thursday evenings with a group doing contemplative prayer. Um, sometimes Tuesday uh, mornings, I do another group that's similar. I spend a lot of time in silence now. And while I did start that in baby steps a couple years ago, um, this year has been when it is a non-negotiable. That carving out a space and silence um, is like an immeasurable part of my day. I mean, it's just such a huge piece because the voices around me and inside my head are so loud all the time that it's really nice to have that space to say, up, 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 up. We don't talk now. That's not, it's not your turn. Um, Yeah. I I love love silence. I'm curious for you to explain how your hospitality word took, ended up taking shape. Oh yeah. Yeah. So hospitality, when I chose it, fall of 2019, I think I was actually at a retreat when it really kind of stuck with me, or maybe I was, actually I was, I think I was on Orcas Island, I was, I had been teaching at a retreat, and normally my words come to me in the fall, I think that this one came a little bit sooner, the year before, um, you know, I'd been holding words like audacity and grace and um, hospitality was a way for me to think about opening myself up a little bit more 
I'm definitely an oversharer in the sense that, um, and I talk about this a lot, I think everyone's probably heard me wax on about it. There are things that are private and there are things that are personal. And I don't share the private, but I share a lot of the personal. And I do it because I think that we better understand each other when we can see our story reflected in someone else um, and then see how it's different. Like, I think it's important to share those vulnerable pieces of ourselves. But I can also be very, I'm going to use the word closed off. Um, I just have a, I have a very rich interior life. Let me put it that way. Um, and so it's easy for me to tuck into myself and especially when times get hard or stressful and um, harder for me to share some of myself with other people. And when people start asking more of me, I get tighter and tighter and tighter in my shell. And so part of hospitality was opening myself up and sharing more of myself. Um, I find it hard sometimes to figure out where my boundaries are because my interests are so diverse and the way I exist in the world, sometimes I'm like, well, no, that group is not really going to understand this piece and that group's not going to understand this piece. And how do I articulate this with, like, I don't have a clear camp where I'm like, this is where I belong in the world. And so instead of kind of dealing with that, I just close the door, you know, batten the hatches down. And so hospitality was a way of sharing more, giving more, of getting to know my community better. Um, I wanted to be more physically in my community more uh, in the world, like my bodily self in the world. Um, that part was a cute dream. Um, and I mean, I had a few, I had a month of it. I put my body out there for like a month. And I probably shouldn't say stuff like that. If someone like just started listening at that moment, <laughs> did you I put, put my body, body out there? there? <laughs> I put my body all up out there for like a month. Um, so it just, it's an awkward word. Like I wanted to have dinner parties again. And like, <laughs> we have had no dinner parties, just in case well, you're wondering. There have yeah, been no, no dinner parties. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, hold on. Time out. For, for val- literally for Valentine's Day. Jeff got me a beautiful book of, it's a hardcover book, literally for writing the menus of your dinner parties. <laughs> and it's like, hand, oh, it's watercolor, all hand painted and it's gorgeous. And each page is like, here's the people at your dinner party and here's the menu for your dinner parties. Yeah. Obviously, You'll use it it's, it's blank. <laughs> It's, yeah, it just isn't, um, it didn't, it didn't turn out that way. And yet, what a word. Um, I am, I've had to find new ways to be in the world, to share with the world. Um, It's kind of nudged me differently. I'm much more connected to my physical community here where I live. Um, I'm, I have phone calls that I make every week to people in my community to reach out, to check in on them, you know, especially those who are housebound or don't have friends or family that they are um, isolating with. And so we have conversations and I read the news, just rough and read books and um, just touch base. Um, And that has been an act of hospitality, I think more for me probably sometimes than them because I hate the telephone. I was going to say it. I don't want to talk on the phone. I want to throw up every time I call someone. Um, I'm also simultaneously making like activism and social justice issue calls and all of it makes me want to throw up all the time. Um, I cry through most of those voicemails. Um, it's, 
you know, this is the way it is. And yet for what, six months or so, um, especially on the community ones, I make the calls and that is a gift because they are there to receive it. And that is an act of hospitality back to me. Um, remembering that people are of the other end receiving what you're offering is an act of hospitality and not just me giving it. And that, that difference was huge for me. Um, I think about it with my Instagram feed and what I share or don't share. Um, someone being receptive and taking in what I'm offering, that's an incredible extension of charity and hospitality and a willingness to like connect with me in a, in a different way. And so I've learned a lot from it. It's not been, um, it's not been a Martha Stewart kind of word of the year. Nobody's winning any points for my tablecloths or anything. Although that's some cute tablecloths. You do. But, you have some cute patterns all around your <laughs> house. <laughs> um, but I think I've opened up. I think there's still some work to do, but I got a few months or a couple months. So I'm going to just, you know, <laughs> I'm just going to wrap that up. Um, yeah. Get that done. I, I think it's, you know, and I'm so about one little word and choosing a word and like scouting it for myself and other people. And like, you were even in the hospital, like hospitality. Like, I think, That's like, oh my true. God. And I'm just that like, was the first thing I thought of. Yeah. And also, <laughs> and also, like, all that space you gave yourself is like hospitality to yourself as well, besides others get like you. I just see it in just our conversation, too, of what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many times where I use your pictures and your words in my daily pages, and I think of that as, like, an extension of our friendship, and I get to go back and think of, like, again, like, oh, what would Brandy say or do? Let me just go into my book and, like, just look at her words, and I just have them. And then I, like, I, the same thing with your journaling cards. And so, like, okay, I don't like using other people's handwriting in my projects and I make an exception for people who are my friends so now I get to use like your handwriting and like Ali Edwards handwriting because we're friends and so like that it I have that like connection to people and like using their handwriting in my books is like oh yeah well like that's just like oh my friend wrote a note to me and that like hearing your word as hospitality and having now having that connection is going to be even deeper for me. So thank you. Oh, I love that. You do such a good job of curating both your art and other people's art that it's just, it's such an awesome way to be an activist in, in a way that I don't think other people are doing. And kind in, of in, a so, in a yourself. soft way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, that's something I, th I mean, obviously, I think we're all thinking about it this year, but I've especially been thinking about um, because the activism is not new for me, but it's new for me to be seeing it show up in everybody else's dialogue and feeds. That's been a very strange experience. Um, not totally. I mean, I, I am connected with enough people in my social media and other kind of visual representations of life that are have been doing this work for a long time and are continuing to do it that that's been there but um i have questioned quite a bit 
what I'm doing and how and why and how I'm being in the world right now because I think it's so important for people to see how we're being in the world. Um, and while this might not always be true and I always want to leave space for myself to grow and change my mind, right now it feels really important that I show up as the most honest version that I can of myself in this moment. And that most honest version of myself is one that feels that the only way, or the way that I can hold compassion for someone else, not just empathy, but compassion, is to remember that we do most of the things we do in life because we are scared, because we are terrified and frightened and seeking some kind of comfort. And when I assume that of other people, when I, I know assume is such, is used as such a bad word, but I'm, I'm so over how we use words. I'm ready to take them all back. Um, and I, I've been taking them all back this year. <laughs> and I want to take assume back because I think that we can use it in a really powerful, good way. And that is, I'm going to go ahead and go into every situation, assuming the best in someone and assuming that they are probably just as scared as I am, but have different information that's fueling those fears. And so what I can offer, this tiny thing I can offer, isn't always reposting someone's meme or sharing some statistic or something like that. What I can offer is to say, here is this poem that I read that has changed the way my heart beats when I talk to someone else. Here is this um, quote from an essay that I love. Here is this uh, flower that I saw that reminded me of the way the world changes. Like here's a video of my birds that kind of bring me solace about the seasons so that the muscles within their body start remembering what it feels like to be connected to other people and to feel less afraid. Because I think we make better decisions when we're less afraid. I don't think there's anything wrong with being afraid. I think that that is a human thing that can propel us in really great ways, but it can also cause a lot of hurt and a lot of harm. And so this tiny little thing I wanna offer is to say, this is what helps me feel less afraid. Maybe it will help you too. And it won't help everyone, um, but it is the thing I can do. On the other end, outside of that public space, I make the phone calls and I send the letters and I write the emails and um, I do the work that I need to do in my physical body. In a previous life, that would have looked like physical volunteering, physical movement. Um, and it can't look like that in the same way now, and that's okay. Um, it can be frustrating, but that's okay. But not everyone also needs to see me do that. It doesn't make it less valuable because I'm not drawing that. And I'm having to remember that too, that they don't need to see me drawing myself doing some kind of, you know, act. That the act that I'm sharing with other people is just that nudge that being here in the world uh, can be a really beautiful thing. And here's how we can make that more possible for our neighbor. Yes. Absolutely. I need to clip that part. Like, literally, that just needs to be a clip. And we need to, like, put that in places. I because love that. It's it's 100% true. There is no one way. Well, there's no one way to do anything. I mean, except, like, stop at a four-way stop sign. But, um... <laughs> I mean, it depends on who you are and how you feel about that stop sign. Some people would argue that there are many ways. Just keep uh, waving right. everybody else on. Just keep going. Yeah. Oh my god. That person but the, has different you're just gonna like me. Then I you're gonna be, be there the person, for an hour. But, but what about the person behind that person? Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, you know. 
<laughs> all at once. Everything is negotiable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, activism takes so many different forms and, and participating as a citizen in society takes so many different forms that you don't have to be the person that, again, does canvassing. You don't have to be the person that does phone banking. You don't have to be the person that, I was going to say knocks on doors, but that's canvassing. Oh my God. Um, like, there's so many different ways for you to be a citizen in, you know, participatory democracy. And some of the best things that we can do is to lean into the things that we're good at. Or we can do what Brandy does and challenge ourselves and do the things that scare us. <laughs> Maybe both. We, <laughs> we do both. I yeah, mean, I think that... Little bit of column A. That, yeah. Little bit of column B. Yeah. The things that scare me influence the things that I do well, though. Like, the more that I do that scares me... Um, and not that I'm doing irresponsibly. And I want to make this clear. Like sometimes I think people feel like they have to do things that make them uncomfortable because that's the only way to grow. And I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think you have to do it responsibly and figure out things where there's room for yourself to grow into it more and to like figure it out. Um, and to not expect a different result from it. <laughs> so I'm not better at making the phone calls. I'm not happier. I'm not less nauseous. I'm not less upset. I'm not any of those things. I am still, you know, a mess. And yet what I've learned from it is that I can do it anyway. Um, and that right. if I do it badly, it's not a catastrophe. Oh my gosh, that's a big thing I'm taking away this year. I'm sorry, I just interrupted you. Is that doing something wrong or not well is not a catastrophe that I can then the next day try it all over again. Like the one day, like I actually, cause people answer the phone for me a lot. This is a horrible thing. When I call on small like issues, um, like small offices, you know, um, I often get an answer, not a voicemail, which is my worst nightmare. And that, <laughs> I think the universe knows that. So it's like, here you go. This lady's picking Here's up. The yeah. And I have literally cried through a call and kept talking and it was such a mess. I got really fumbled with what I was saying, which is not necessarily the crying through it is fine. Most people I think can't tell, but I really messed it up. And I had to stop at the end of the call and say, that was really a mess. And I'm sorry, but I feel this passionately about it that I'm making the call anyway. And I get to tell you, when I was done with that, I did not, I never wanted to pick up a phone again. I was like, oh my gosh, like she's recording that for her friends and she should, it was bad. <laughs> um, but the next day I made more calls and it was fine and I didn't cry and no one had to record me for their friends. Um, and I think that not doing something well, not letting it be the end has allowed me to hold that tight when I do my work, the work that I'm good at. So that when I share something that no one responds to or I get a lot of really unkind direct messages from, I can remember like that's one thing. The thing that I do tomorrow isn't based on how well that one thing did. Um, it's my Oreo theory. Do you remember like when Oprah was still on Oprah's show, like way back when, did you ever watch it? I think oh, my yeah. mom watched it and like, 
I want to say the 80s. I'm pretty sure it wasn't the 80s. Because <laughs> I was born in the 80s and I would have been too small. But there were always shows about like dieting and women and trying to get mm-hmm. advice. And and so while I don't want this to be a conversation about like body positivity. And so I'm going to try to. There was something that was said to a woman about Oreos that has stuck with me. <laughs> I mean, I was little. But the woman was crying and she's like, I just get up in the middle of the night and I eat an entire sleeve of Oreos. And the woman who was giving her advice said, um, oh, and she said, I don't know what to do. What should I do? And the woman said, tomorrow, don't eat an entire sleeve of Oreos. And the woman's like, no, but what if tomorrow I eat an entire sleeve of Oreos? And she's like, okay, well, then the next day, don't eat. You just keep trying again. Like, you're not stopping. It's not the end of the world. You just the next day say, I'm going to give this a go. And it doesn't work or it <laughs> works in not a lovely way. Then you're like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to try not to eat the entire sleeve of Oreos. Yeah. I mean, I would probably still eat the entire sleeve of Oreos, <laughs> but you know what I mean. No, yes, that's, this is what I say uh, for daily pages. Like, you, oh, you didn't do one today? Cool. Just do it tomorrow. No problem. Mm-hmm. It's not the 365-day project. Like, yep. no big deal. And I think that's a okay. So I have two things that I want to say about everything that you were talking about. I, I think having you know doing something that you're not good at in life is important, and just having something that one isn't that important. And like, I mean, yes, it's important that we make phone calls to help get out the vote. Great, but on the grand scheme of things. There's millions of people making millions of calls. People are going to get a lot of calls. If you're not very good at making the calls, that's okay. A lot of people aren't going to be very good at making the calls. They're going to get, you know, it's not like you are making a souffle for like the most important dinner party in the world and you got one chance. And like, if you screw up the souffle, you can't, I mean, it's not, it's a souffle. You can't fix the souffle. Yeah, so this is our season of the unexpected, just falling right in the spot of this year where it needed to, you know? And so we're asking our guests this time around, kind of what's an unexpected thing that you want to talk about that was hard at the start, that taught you a lesson, hard at the start that ended up being a blessing, they're kind of all the same thing, but unexpected is the thing, the theme we're going with. So yeah. So this is one that you gave me a little hint, you know, that it was coming. And yeah. so I did think about it, not until this morning. I didn't want to like craft a whole answer, but I thought about it after morning practice this morning. And although I'm sure that I could pinpoint like deaths or, you know, those kind of unexpected things that then trigger big moments, I think I'm going to go classic me and say that the most unexpected thing that has turned out to be a blessing is to realize how unexpected life is how little we really know about what's going to happen and to be here and participate in it because I think that so often we're like well but there's so much that is expected I know that this is going to happen and this person's going to respond this way and this is going to unfold this way and I think that when we do that we start writing the script without really seeing and hearing what's happening. And so sometimes life starts to follow that script we've written because that's all we're reading. We're like, this is what was gonna happen and it's happening. And we don't see and hear what's really going on behind or under the surface. And I think that the minute that started clicking for me, 
and I started to make room for um, I feel like I'm talking a lot about making space and room, but I, that's a big theme in my life this past year. Um, we kind of let life tumble out the way it's going to tumble out. And the daily unexpected are what changes how I exist in the world. Like letting a day unfold, letting my conversation with other people unfold, not trying to decide for them how they're going to respond. Even if I have, you know, I've been with my husband for 15 years. I generally know, but I don't always. And that's a glorious thing. When I stop trying to pan out exactly how we'll respond and how we'll feel about something, the more I learn, the more I grow. Um, I'm really enjoying making space for life to surprise me a little bit more. Um, I was thinking about you know, you hear everything like about Schitt's Creek and how everyone loves it right now. And I love that show. This is, I mean, I love Schitt's Creek. But in the beginning, when I would recommend it to people, they would watch the first episode, maybe the second, and be like, oh, I can't do that. They're really hard to watch. They're this personality is just not terrible. And, and I think that what I love about the show and why I have to nudge them to keep going is they didn't miraculously get to be better, amazing, perfectly well-rounded people by the end. That's my spoiler. Um, (laughs) They grew within themselves. They are still all characters who are 100% who they were at the beginning, but they are slightly better versions of themselves. And the only way that happens is when we make room for people to surprise us, but to still be who they are. And so I feel like that's what I want to do with my life. I want to let it surprise me every single day but still let it be what it is. Not expect that that surprise is going to be that it magically, like I get a book contract and I get it. Like all of this happens at one time and I'm like, this is beautiful. The surprise is that someone responds to me and says, I understand what you're saying. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think you were going to understand that. <laughs> like I thought you were going to take that the wrong way. That's really incredible. Or they're like, actually, I feel the same thing or whatever that looks like. Um, and sometimes it's hard. Sometimes they're surprises that someone says you're not on the same page and I don't agree and then that kind of breaking lends itself to like bigger openings and discussions but I just don't think any of the big stuff can come without those little moments of letting life be what it's going to be great answer that resonated with me on like thousands of levels (laughs) like Thanks for that. Thanks for sharing that answer. Okay, so we're going to conclude this before we head over to After Chatter with our Currently Round, which is based off of um, Kristen's Currently card that you can find at com slash currently. So are you ready, Brandy? Yes. Okay. What are you currently watching? Okay, I'm watching three things. Um, Enola Holmes, A Million Times. I kind of just like to have it on the background, the new movie on netflix with I yeah need to watch that this weekend. Um, oh my gosh she gets this art kit thing from her mom this is the beginning this is not a spoiler and <laughs> i just need that like i that whole moment i was like this is i need this in my life just <laughs> now um so beautiful beautiful a lot of um 
90 shows I've been rewatching for comfort. Northern Exposure, great one during isolation time. <laughs> um, just finished all six seasons of that. I've been watching some other dorky ones like, ugh, this kind of hurts to admit, but like The Commish, ugh, it's terrible. But <laughs> oh, I've been watching that's it. Fun. Um, they're all they're on streaming now, so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just throw it on. Yeah, and then at night before bed, and this is a mistake. <laughs> this is a mistake. Andrew and do I not watch, do. Yeah, don't do this for two reasons. We watched the Great British Bake Off because the new one is out. Of so course. we've been what we do is we rewatch old seasons to kind of fill in the gaps between the weeks. You know, it's a mistake for two reasons. One is you have to eat something while you're watching it. Like you can, <laughs> your your body physically cannot watch that show and not have a snack. So um, we've been having snacks. And the second reason is because. I don't watch sports games, but I've heard that people get like really worked up and like yell at them and get real like into it. That's how I feel about it. I become a whole different person. I mean, I get really upset. Like some of the characters, I'm just like, no, no. I'm like, what are you doing, Jane? Like, you know, someone's like, oh, I'm, I'm so humble. I can't believe you like that. Even though you know they can believe you like that. And I'm like, no, shut it down. So I get really like, I Which when you're it. in bed trying to sleep, you can't. Yeah, it's not yeah. soothing. It's not, yeah. it's not soothing. So I shouldn't do that. But those are my three that are kind of things that are invitation. What a um, great motley if list. you are into the Great British Bake Off. I knew this was coming. I know. <laughs> you have to watch the Great Pottery Throwdown. I've heard that. I'm wondering if I'll feel the same I wonder if I'll yell at that, too. You will. Well, that's the thing. You will yell at it. And also, the male judge. So, the the equivalent of the Paul Hollywood handshake. Yeah. The male judge cries. Oh. Every episode, supposedly. Yeah, no, no, no. Only, like, if, you're, if your thing is good, he cries. And so, like, the, 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 like, the aftershots of the people are like, I got him to cry. I didn't think this would ever happen. Oh he cried for my thing. It, it's for pottery. <laughs> it's it's like oh my god. And then like sometimes he comes on and he makes the thing that they have to make, and like he just wears overalls. Oh. And like it happens in this English town that's like the pottery town, and so then they do like the history of the pottery, which I think that you would appreciate. Also. Yeah. Okay. It's, I might have to. I. It was. It has been the thing that has gotten me through the last month because it's so like chill yeah i mm. okay i'm putting it on my list love it and great great motley list of watching (laughs) what what are you currently reading all right um well i always have a poetry and nonfiction and fiction um just kind of in my arsenal at all times and uh fiction i'm reading i think i wrote down the author's name it's the library of the unwritten and a friend sent to me the copy she had read it and said it was really good and it is really good so far um I think the author's last name is Hackwith really good uh, poetry I'm reading Ross Gay's new collection uh Beholding it's two words um and it's glorious I mean he's a fantastic poet but his new collection came out in September and it's stunning definitely one I'd recommend um and then I've been reading Howard Thurman um, his essays, um, rereading, which is really interesting to see some of my old margin notes. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> hello, 22-year-old Brandy. You are spicy. <laughs> um, but 
that's been really, really lovely too. And speaking of reading, I don't think you posted on your grid, but on your stories, I just love like your reading scenes that you set when yeah. it's like the puppy and Andrew's in the distance somewhere. Like, I'm just like, even for those few little seconds of just being in your space that like, I'm just like, like immediately calmer from just the scene you set. So thanks for that. Thank you. Um, yeah. What are you currently listening to? Um, let's see, for the past, actually quite a while, I'm going to butcher her name. I think it's Alexandra Strelinsky or Strelisky. I don't know if there's an N in it. Strelisky. It's, um, her album is called Inscape. And it is the most beautiful, <sighs> primarily, it kind of feels like Philip Glass. It's um, a composed, um, it feels like Philip Glass, but if a lady took it and was like, mm. let me show you how it's done. Like <laughs> if someone were to say, can you set a soundtrack for your life? Like, can you just give me something that sounds like what it sounds like in your head? It would be that album. Wow. So. I have been listening to that quite a bit. And then, I mean, all my usuals, but that one's been the crux, I think. Do you listen while you work or is it more like a, a specific like jam out session? So yeah, when I write, I listen. Um, when I work, I often have like a movie or something going on in the background. So it's like a conversation. So I'm not, I can just mm -hmm. kind of be slightly distracted enough not to get too in my head about what I'm doing and then when I'm doing the final bits of work then I have like a, a pump me up playlist yeah. which is just like a combination of stuff that doesn't make sense together that's really ridiculous and I just blast it on repeat until it's done nice thanks for sharing what are you currently making I'm doing a lot of art journaling this year um because I've stepped away from some of my formats of um other creating I've been doing a ton of art journaling I'm doing a project with a friend right now and we create um, pages every week and so a lot of art journaling nice what are you currently feeling I'm feeling hopeful I'm always feeling hopeful though I mean it's a hard one hope it's like a really claw at the kind of walls kind of hope but it's there what are you currently planning Oh, I'm planning to keep being here, not just showing up, but actually being here and writing out whatever happens. Listeners, you can't see us, but me and Kristen are nodding so hard after each answer. We don't even have any words. We're just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which we could have expected, but yes. Um, and lastly, what are you currently loving? The birds. It's always, <laughs> it's always the dang birds, but they have been such a big part and not just my jays, which I spend every day with, but all the little birds. And then we had an owl in the tree um, the other night and the woodpeckers are back and I love the woodpeckers. They're skittish little things, but I just adore them. And I had my first uh, morning dove come a few months ago right after a good cry too, I walked out and I was like, what is that bird? And I'm like looking through my little booklet. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I think the birds and I are just, we're in it. We're together. So yeah. Like a I'm true Disney them. movie. It really is. They <laughs> won't just land on me and hang out, which I feel is sad. And also I think I would freak out. So maybe it's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but 
yeah, the minute I walk out into the yard, I can hear their cries and they fly across from the bigger trees and other yards and just whoop, and they're in the trees. I kind of love that. Anytime I think of my little animal friends and think that I'm slightly a weirdo, I'm like, no, wait, Brandy has little animal <laughs> friends too. I am a weirdo too. Yeah. 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 I, this interview filled my heart, but I knew that. that yeah, I know. I was so excited. Fall. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to wake up super early so I can get some stuff done before <laughs> the Brandy interview and then, like, feel really great. Yeah. That made me feel really Thanks happy. Thanks for showing up this for us, best. girl. Thank you so much Yet for again. having me. I know. I'm super excited. Do we have any plans on what we're going to talk about in After Chatter? Or is it just going to be, like, awesome like always? Awesome like always. I have a question that's Ooh. been in there. Oh, I'm, I'm very excited earlier. to find out what it is. I don't know, but we could always chat. We know we chat. No, no, no. We're going to go with your question. I'm, well, I mean, we'll go with your question and then we'll chat. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Awesome. All right. We'll be back next week with another awesome episode. Fantastic. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks, Brandy. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the show. We are headed over to the Craftiest Female After Chatter show now, which is an exclusive perk for Awesome Ladies All Access Club members. The All Access Club has a ton of great benefits like daily page lessons with me, free courses, and yeah, it's literally called the All Access Club because of the legit all of the access, right? But one of the best things is the After Chatter Vault. There are more than 100 episodes, both audio and video, in an easy-to-use classroom where you can even mark your progress. So we've got another great episode of the After Chatter Show coming up right now, and you can join us today at theawesomeladiesproject.com slash CAF. Thank you so much for listening to the show, and we'll be back next week with another great episode. Thanks, guys. Love you so much.